Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, I'll ask again. Y'all ready for the Bible? All right, I'm going to read Psalm 100, verse 5. It's actually one of my favorite verses, but I have a lot of favorite verses. Um, For the Lord is good. And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Would you all say with me, all generations? All generations. I love that. We have a faithful God who's faithful to all generations, faithful to families. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to learn and grow. Thank you for what you're doing in our Young people, God, we are humbled by it. Help us to uh, pour fuel into their tanks, Lord God, and see them grow into all the things that you have for them and experience everything that you have for them. Lord, we uh, listen today for your word and your Holy Spirit, God, to teach and instruct us. We thank you for the authority in your word. We trust you. We trust your word. And Lord, we want to hear from you. And I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, to share what you put in my heart today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Family. I got to tell you, family family is God's idea. He is the one who designed family. My pastor said to me years ago, he said, family is the building block of society. Man, I love that saying because, you know, our experiences for all of us, it begins in family. Our lives develop within family. Our lives are shared within family. And, you know, we all have this, this family experience. You know, God uh, gave this, this plan. He gave them an Adam, and he gave, gave us Eve. And in the midst of their greatest intimacy, right, lovemaking, they conceived children and started this concept of family. And that's how the Lord decided to start family. He could have like just put babies in pods somewhere, right? And just like they're all like, oh, Borgs coming out kind of thing. Like, seen probably too many movies, I think. But God is, it was his idea. It was his idea. And it was a good idea. Still a good idea. And scripture has like tons of exhortations for family and for family members. And I'm going to share a few of them with you, and then I've got a really specific direction I want to take this with you today. Um, One of the exhortations in scriptures is, husbands, love your wives. Can I hear an amen? I like hearing the men say amen. That was good. That was your opportunity. You're like, I'm listening. Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands, love your wives. But I love what it goes on to say. It doesn't just say love your wives. It says, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I'm like, man, that's a high bar, right? Like literally Jesus gave up his life. And and if you think, man, is that what Scripture's saying? Yes, that's exactly what it's saying. Like give up your life, lay down your life for your wife, that kind of love. I like when I think about husbands loving their wives, I like the word cherish, right? Because, you know, like obviously Matt loves football in the fall, right? So we need... We need another word than just love. Um, love is, is the right word and a powerful word, but let's, let's characterize it. And I love that word, cherish. Fellas, let's cherish 
our wives. Let's make them know that they are our one and only. They're the important one in our lives and that we cherish them. One more opportunity. Can I hear an amen? amen. Well, well done, fellas. Well done. Why? It says, wives, respect your husbands. Ephesians 5.33 reiterates again, however, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, reiterates that, and then it goes on and says, and wives must respect her husband, and a wife must respect her husband. Um, There's a book, and actually we're going to talk about it at our Couples Grill and Chill tonight, our final life group of the summer before we hop into uh, fall life groups. And um, we're going to talk about love and respect, and there's a, a doctor named Dr. Egeriches who's got a real revelation about this in Scripture, about how there is a fundamental need in a wife to feel loved and cherished, and there is a fundamental need in a husband to feel respected by their wives. And uh, we're going to talk more about that in the, what he calls the crazy cycle tonight. But, you know, respect is this, this thing that you give your husband that makes them feel like they can run through a wall and makes them feel like they can do anything when their wives, you know, respect them. Another one, children, honoring your father and your mother. Ephesians 6.1, and this comes actually out of Exodus as well. It says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life. And, um, unpacking this just a little bit, you know, honoring parents, um, it's deeper than just um, the way that our society looks at honor. We think of honor as something that's only earned, right? You earn respect in our culture, right? Scripturally, honor is given as a gift, not just because it's earned. I know that's hard for us to think, right? Because we think, well, you've lost my respect. How can I honor you? But scripturally, it's like there's an honor that is due just because of the role. And you go, well, that feels a little, I don't know if I like that. See, here's the reason. It's because honor is good for the person giving it. There's something about our attitude in our heart. And and, uh, I'm going to step on a few toes. Some of us, you know, we can be critical about everything and critical about so many things. And you're probably right. But how's it working for you? What's it creating inside of you? And honor is this thing. Now, we want to make it easier for our kids to honor us, amen, right? But honor is this gift that we give, right? Uh, and as parents, and that, that works through every season of our life. You know, when, when uh, my, my dad had a lot of roles in my life growing up, and in, and in his last days, and in my last days with my dad, one of the things that was really on my heart is one of the greatest gifts I can give my dad is the gift of honor because he has two sons and a daughter, And so me giving him that gift, we're the only ones who can give it like a kid can give it. Amen. And so that was really precious to us. Another one is fathers, don't exasperate your children. This comes out of Ephesians 6 verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Such a wise scripture because what it's doing is it's basically saying, um, don't overparent. You know what I'm talking about? You can overparent, which is, it's an art. It's not a science because when children are very young, you have to parent a whole lot, right? And then as they get older, we, we talked about this a couple months ago, the releasing the reins at the right time and place, giving them some space to make their own mistakes. And figuring that out is not easy, right? Especially when you know like, well, they're about to run into a wall. And sometimes it's like, yeah, but let them run into this wall, not the one 10 years from now. And that is a hard lesson to learn because the reality is you can suffocate your kids, 
um, with parenting. That's what the scripture is saying. Like, hey, dads, like parents, like let's be wise in the way that we parent our kids. Doesn't God give us room to fail? He probably gives us more room than we deserve for sure because of his respect for our free will and lets us make big mistakes and we pay for those big mistakes. Learning that is a real art. I want to share with you like this, this concept of family that I, it's been on my heart really for the week leading up to youth camp. I was praying for specific young people that the Lord put on my heart and was gearing up and preparing my heart for youth camp because it's such an pr- amazing thing to watch God work in these seasons. And we've, been, we've had teenagers going to youth camps for probably 15 to 18 years, somewhere in there. And uh, the life transformation. I remember when Matt and Leah went to youth camp with us way back in the day when Elizabeth and I were pastoring the church and leading the youth group and chief cook and bottle washer. And I mean, it was, and I remember taking them to that and just the life change that those opportunities bring. But going into youth camp and I was praying for the young people, I kept thinking about the things that we teach our children. And I was thinking about what we cast vision for for our children. You know, when you cast vision, what you do is you invite someone to see something that hasn't occurred yet, right? That's what casting vision is. You're like You have a vision for your future. And when we cast vision for our, our children, oftentimes we'll cast vision for education, right? Like you need an education. Whatever you're going to be, whether you're going to be a welder or a professor, you need, edu- you need to be knowledgeable about your, what you're giving back to the world, right? You need to cast vision for a career or how you're going to use your gifts and ability to give back to the world and work in the marketplace and have a living wage. Like, that's a normal thing, right? We want our kids to support ourselves. Like, someday you're leaving and uh, we want you to be able to support yourself. We cast vision for, like, serving God. Like, hey, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And as you grow up, you've got to make that decision for yourself. Do you want to serve Jesus? Do you want to make him your God? You know, we, we tell our kids what it is to serve God, but at the end of the day, they will make that decision, right, of whether or not to pursue the living God. And so we cast vision for that. As I was thinking about all these things that we cast vision for, I thought, do we cast vision for building a family? I'm thinking about this, like, we certainly don't do it enough. I thought, you know, we know most people are going to grow up and have a family, right? And should it be something that just kind of happens, or should it be more intentional, right? And, And shouldn't there be a vision for family? You know, at the end of our days, very few of us are going to say, hey, bring some of my work papers around, Right? No, you're going to bring your family around, right? And so I, I just was chewing on this concept of building family. And then, you know, once you have a vision for something, you plan for it. Once you have a vision, you start praying into it. One of the things I started praying for um, years ago, started praying for the spouses of my children and praying for my grandchildren. I, I've, got, I've gotten a little carried away. Great-grandchildren, great-great-grand. I'm like praying all the way through, just like praying. But I'm like, why not, right? He's faithful to all generations, right? I'm like, I'm going to pray into this thing and, if you will, get ahead of it. Now, even as I'm talking about casting a vision, sometimes, you know, dysfunction in our own families 
and dysfunction in our family of origin, like where life started, can really spoil our ability to have a vision because family can be messy and family can be painful and there's often you know, dysfunction. And the reality is all families are imperfect because we have broken people in a broken world living in families, right? And there's this concept, hurt people hurt people. In other words, people who have been hurt tend to hurt other people as well, right? Typically, the perpetrator's got a story, right? And that's my gracious pastoral way way of saying, the Lord is after saving everyone, right? He is after rescuing everyone. And the reality is, our we're not so different than other generations. Scripture has lots of examples of families with issues. I'm serious, right? Jealousy, favoritism, adultery, murder, rape. I mean, in families. Like, there are families in the, in the Bible, you go like, man, my family's doing well. <laughs> They're pretty jacked up. I mean, some really dark stories. But see, and while this brokenness of families may be discouraging, we have to remember that family is God's idea. Did y'all hear that? Family is God's idea. Family is God's word. Family is God's construct. And family is a very good idea. And that's why the enemy attacks family. Because he wants to unravel the very thing that God is using to build society and to keep family safe. The enemy is trying to destroy God's good thing. And that should create in us kind of like this awareness of, oh, heck no, not my family, not my household. And this, this kind of thing that rises up inside of us. i got to tell you, though, as I was preparing this message and just really like, frankly, I was just chewing on it for about a week and a half, two weeks while we were doing camp and all that kind of stuff. It made me consider um, the impact of sexual sin. Because, you know, when you really consider sexual sin, what it does is it devastates families. It, it hurts family. Now, as, I, as I'm talking about this, these are not unrecoverable, but there's something about recognizing what it does, right? Like, you know, sex before marriage, it's not good for family. The adultery devastates family. Homosexuality is not what God wants for a healthy and family environment. But praise God, we have gifts of repentance and restoration. Praise God there is a way back. And, and can I tell you this? Is when I look at the earliest church history in, in Rome, do you know that, that sexual purity was the differentiator between the New Testament church and the pagan world around it? It was the thing like, they were like, really? Like, really just like sleep with your, your wife? Like, that's it? Like, they, they thought it was crazy. And they were... It, problems with incest, and I'm not trying to be grody or gross, but there was, and the same issues that we have with sexuality and stuff existed back then. It was the thing that made the church stand out and go, so you love this God this much that you don't want to do all that stuff? Like, no, we actually think it destroys us and that it hurts us and that the concept of sex is God's idea as well and is meant for a family is meant for that purity in that husband and wife. And that, like, that's God's vision for it. And you notice, again, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to undermine God's good thing. And the challenge we have as parents, y'all, 
is we have to talk to our kids about sex like it's not dirty and like it's not wrong. But then also talk about sex as a thing is, but you are precious and who you give yourself to really matters. And these things, they take art and wisdom and there is a whole system out there that wants to undermine what our our children believe. And I got to tell you, in your family is the place where you teach about it. Amen? And we should take that, that responsibility on ourselves. Like, it is my responsibility that my child knows what sex is really about. I didn't, by the way, all, I did not have this much talk about sex in my, my thing. 20 years ago, I would have blushed all the way through this. Now I'm just like, just going, you know, like, yeah, whatever. Like, let's talk about these things. I, mean, I love it. You know, some people are going to go home. What the pastor talk about? Sex? I'm coming to your church. Be careful. <laughs> but, you know, just because there's an attack on family doesn't mean the family's not worth fighting for. And just because there's an attack on family doesn't mean that God still doesn't have great purposes for your family. And just because you've had some experiences and some dysfunction and some things that are messed up and wrong and grieve the heart of God doesn't mean that God isn't a good God and can't build a good family. Because he's still building things, and he's still creating life, and he's still saving and restoring, and he knows what people have gone through, and he loves writing those last chapters, those turnaround chapters, those chapters that says, once I was lost, but now I've been found. Once I experienced all this pain, but my God was able to heal me and give me a vision. And me and my, 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 uh, my spouse, we are not perfect. We are broken. We can even hurt each other, but God is still God, and he is the author of family. And so when we do that, I, I just want to encourage you, like, what is, your, what is your vision for family? Families are intended to be a safe place. It's, they're intended to be a safe place for unconditional love. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, I will always love you. Sometimes that might look like tough love, but you're going to know that I love you and that I care about you. And then I'm always for what is best for you. Families are a place for nurturing. Families are a place for transformation. Y'all, it's supposed to be the safe place for your issues to be exposed. Because God knows you're broken. I've been, I've been really impressed in my married life how much God has used my married life to show me things he wants to change in my character and my life. Because things will come out in my relationship with Elizabeth that maybe didn't come out in other places. And I'll be like, whoa, that's there. I need to deal with that, right? And it's supposed to be the safe place for that. It's not supposed to be the place where we destroy each other over it. It's supposed to be the place where we go, oh, that's hurting you and that's not helping us. And, and you know, you got to look that thing in the face and you, you need to, to deal with that, right? But it's supposed to be the safe place for that, that safe place for sanctification. I I really, sometimes when I'm sitting with young married couples and Elizabeth and I are doing like premarital counseling and things like that, they're just like, oh, oh, we're just so in love, Pastor. We're so in love. We're like, that's awesome. Like, you hang around Elizabeth and I and you're probably going to see some of that as well. We're, We're pretty in love after 26 years, right? Yeah. But I look at them and I go, and I start asking them, so tell me about your fights. And they're like, what? Tell me about your fights. 
And I remember, well, I've had a couple couples in, all, in our history go, oh, we don't fight, Pastor. So, well, you're going to need to. <laughs> and come back and tell me how you work it out. And they're like, wait, what? So, like, because how you do that and how you work it out is actually the really important thing. And I think sometimes God is like, yep, they love each other, they're infatuated and all of that, and about eight months from now, they're going to try to kill each other. <laughs> but I'm going to use it to mature them. And I look, I sit back and I go, God, you are so smart. But see, knowing that it's not there to destroy you, it's actually there to improve you. Now, when I say that, that doesn't mean so that you can change your spouse. Some of y'all took the wrong note there. You're actually supposed to be looking in the mirror, not showing them the mirror. Okay. Um, You're like, oh, you were doing so well, Pastor. Um, You know, family's a safe place where we recognize our faults around people that we love. Because what happens is when we recognize it with people we love in a safe place, we can work on it. And if we don't work on it, then we take it to the workplace, then we take it out to society, and then we let them, you know, have to work on it because of what, what comes out in us. Um, But God can work through the brokenness of each family member in a safe place, and he can create transformation and sanctify. And so I ask again, like, what is your your vision for your family? What do you see for it? And regardless of what season you're in right now, looking forward, what is your vision? I know when our, our kids were getting older, and I still, my kids remember this distinctly. We were on vacation in Orlando, and we were sitting in a payway, which if you haven't been to a payway, they don't have them here yet. Lord, bring payway. Um, we were sitting in a payway, and I had this serious conversation with them. I'm looking at them. Now, I, don't, I think Abigail may have been an adult at this point, but I don't think Andrew or Ethan were even out of high school yet. I said, listen, when you all get older and when you start um, you know, marrying and that kind of thing, I want you to respect each other's spouses. And respect the fact that you will raise your, you will do families differently than one another. And I want you to respect that because you are still the only brothers and sisters that you have. And I want our family to respect those differences and give space for it, not judge one another for the differences in our families. And they're sitting there in their teenage years going, why are we talking about it? I mean, Caleb was like 10 or 12. And he was just like, can we get ice cream? Like... <laughs> aren't we on vacation, right? Like, it was just kind of like, but it was the thing that I was praying through and the vision of what I want for my family. And the thing is, is sometimes when you have a vision, you got to speak it, right? You got to set it out there as like, hey, but my kids remember that conversation in the middle of Orlando and just kind of like that kind of thing. And you know, I've told them, hey, we're going to have new people in our family. And I'm thinking, these people are going to be different. They're going to add something to my family. And, and we are going to need to figure out how to incorporate and make them a, a part of our family and not outsiders, right? So whatever your season is, whatever your vision is, you should have a, a vision for your family and you should talk about it. And your, your vision for your role, right? In your life right now, whether you're a husband or, or wife, what do you want that to look like? And again, this isn't the opportunity for you to set expectations for your spouse. This has to do with who you are and how you want to carry yourself in that season of your life. As, you're, as a son or daughter, whether you're a son or daughter or a son or daughter, like what is your role as a son or daughter now in this season of your life? As a sister or a brother, what is your, you know, what is your role as a sister or a brother? Because, and for some of us, you know, you may have like a, 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 
a, a, a, a split or something that's gone on there. But what is your role now? What is God speaking to you now? Because those are still your brothers and sisters, right? And how do you want to relate to them? What do you want to look like? And grandparents, oh, I envy you. <laughs> I'm only kind of kidding. Um, but regard, there is a role as a grandparent that God has for you now. Depend, no matter what the age of your kids is, what is the role that you see for that in your season of life? Because family is not something you did in your 20s or 30s. Family is something we do all the t- for all time. Amen? And where there are breaches and where there are problems and there are things like that, man, our God is good. And he gives us promises like, like Psalm 68. God sets the lonely into families. There is always a way forward when it comes to family. There's always that something that God does. And here's the thing. God gives you a natural family, and he gives you ways to relate in that, but God also gives a spiritual family, right? And he has a way of, of like making things up and, and providing for things that may be lacking in one that he can provide in the other, right? And he can do that. And just allowing God to pr- make that provision, but it also means your participation in those realms of families matter as well, right? And so what is God speaking to you? What will be your legacy for you, for your family. As I was, I was thinking about this and I was joking, at another one of our life groups, First Friday Family Feast over at Pastor Bobby's, sitting around the table with, um, with Kevin. And I said, Kevin, I've been thinking about you this week. I said, because I was thinking about legacy for families. And you know, uh, y'all know Kevin's gonna smoke that chicken and, and take, and he's been doing all the protein all summer for the, um, for the uh, summer picnic. So we all give Kevin a hand. Thank you. But, you, you may not know Kevin well, but Kevin loves to do that. As a matter of fact, he's been cooking for the Boy Scouts and training kids on how to cook, and the Boy Scouts have been doing spaghetti dinners and all kinds of stuff for years and years and years, and he brought his gift to the house of the Lord, and we're thankful. And, uh, but I remember like when I thanked him, you know, one of the first times he did it, or the first several times, he looked at me and goes, oh, you're welcome. He goes, I love to do this. I love to, and you know what? His kids know that he loves to do this. It's going to be part of his story, right? That he used his gift. And, and I mean, and it's, it seems minor, but it really isn't minor. All those things matter, and they're memories for us and for our families because it's not just about what he made. It's about why he made it. It came out of his heart, right? And so what, what, is, what are the, the giftings and the things for you and for your family? I love that scripture. He sets the lonely into families. I don't care what your family of origin is. God has a way of forward for you. I don't care how much, much you feel like you understand this family thing or don't understand this family thing. God has a way forward for you because our God is a God who builds family. He is, he is about family and the enemy is about stealing family and destroying family. It's just that simple. And what I want you to have faith for today is I want you to have faith for your vision moving forward, right? God can heal things in the past. He can heal breaches in the past. He can take care of those things, but you should not be bound by it. You shouldn't allow it to dictate your future when you have a God who's looking forward. Because, you know, I read the end of the book. It gets really good for us, right? Like all eternity and all that, the family, like it's really good for us. Like let's just get on that plan. Let's get in that track. 
I want to read one last scripture with you, and, and uh, if you'll stand with me, uh, I'm going to pray with you. And then I'm going to invite you, if you want some prayer today about anything that's going on in your life, but maybe there's a prayer about family or a prayer that you are praying for your family, I'm going to invite our um, prayer team to come up here um, now. And so that after I close in prayer, you can just come up here and receive prayer from someone on our prayer team who's coming forward now. I'm going to close with John chapter 1. And this talks about how Jesus invites us into his family. It says in John 1.12, Yet to all who did receive him, when it says all who did receive him, it's talking about for all who would call on Jesus and say, Jesus, would you forgive my sin? I want to follow you and make you my Lord and Savior. So all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. God has this concept of being born again and being part of his family. And if you've never taken that step of giving your whole heart, your whole life to Jesus, I want to invite you today to come up here at the end of service and just let us pray with you. Receiving Jesus as your Savior, asking Him to forgive you of your sins and following Him, a whole new life begins for you. But today, I'm going to pray for you. And my encouragement for you is don't let anything in the past dictate or be the, the voice that dictates family for you in the future. And if you've been through some stuff, God can heal you. God can touch those areas. God can redeem. Some of us, we carry regrets. God is the one who can wash those, who can restore those, and who can make a way forward. Don't give up on God's building block. Don't give up on what God creates. And for I want to say for us, us young people and young adults, be intentional and say, God, give me your vision for my family. Give me one of the... Um, Early on in uh, my life after I came home from Bible college, well, in Bible college, I remember having a very specific conversation with the Lord. I was walking one day and praying, and I said, Lord, if it's your will, I'd like to have a family young. You know my story. I ended up having a family young. I came home from Bible college, and I had an opportunity to go to Germany and be a a youth pastor and and that kind of thing. And I sat down with my pastor, and my pastor said, um, I got to do his voice, Mike, He's still my pastor, Pastor Steve. Mike, you have to decide if you want to start your family first or your ministry first. And right then I was like, I'm not going to Germany because I'm waiting. I want to have a family, and I want to wait for that. And about uh, less than a year later, I started um, dating this amazing girl. And the rest is history. You can get that uh, story later. But I want to pray for you because... God always has a plan for you, for your family. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, thank you, first of all, for the invitation to be part of your family. You're so generous. Lord, may we know what it is to live a full life in your family. And Lord, today, we pray for our families. Even as we would have a vision for family, Lord, there's a lot of brokenness, there's a lot of challenge, there's a lot of things, but God, it doesn't change who you are. 
And it doesn't change the fact that you are a restorer and a healer. And there is always, always, always a way forward in you. For those who God have been captivated by the past, been, been um, harassed by mistakes or harassed by what has been perpetrated, Lord, we ask you to cut off its power today. And for each of us, we ask you to give us a godly vision, a you vision for our families, recognizing, God, that we are still broken people on a broken planet, but you are a wonderful God. And so, Lord, we pray over our families, grace, peace, restoration, healing, your way forward, Lord, your hand upon families. We love you and we worship you. And I just ask you, would you cover each and every heart today? It's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.